Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? People should like, subscribe, tell their friends, leave comments if the medium that they're watching or listening is a commentable medium. Matt, thing. what you been up to? Uh, <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> I did watch the new episode of WandaVision, which dropped uh, this uh, past Friday, mm-hmm. I guess. Yesterday. Um, yesterday for today, us that's recording, but not yesterday for but tomorrow, two days ago. Yes, will have been listening to this. Right, if they're listening the day it comes out, who knows? Maybe you're listening to it in three weeks, and you know how the show ends. Tell me, is it really going to be over in three weeks? It's only like six episodes. Jesus, yeah, it's quick. Oh. They're short episodes. Oh, all right, yeah, um, yeah, it's in color now. It's an '80s sitcom. Instead oh, of a 50s yay! Sitcom. How did they do that? Tra- I'm not going to ask. That's probably spoilers. How they did that transition? Kind of just did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, we're in color now. All right. And everyone's clothes are different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're kind of ramping up the the unsettling. Something's going on, mm-hmm. but like they're still playing their cards pretty close to the chest. Um. I'm increasingly more and more confident that my theory is correct, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I suggest people get into it. Cool. What you have a to? thing. You have a thing. The don't talk about your thing. This is incredi- incredibly unrelated. Well, it's actually not unrelated to what I meant to. I don't know that you. In Assassin's Creed 2, I was talking to you about this in the car. Right. That there's like those little puzzles you can do. Mm-hmm. One of the things is chess moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to run those by you. I don't know them off the top of my head. Like, I just want right. to ask you like, it's like four moves. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's in Brotherhood. Anyway, it's like little things. Like, it'll be like a... a thing that says uh the people uh leaving their sovereign behind go two steps forward it's like little you know things like that so you're like the king's pawn moving forward two steps is that an actual move like an as an actual opener yeah the pawn okay in front of the king moving up two squares okay that's the move i play first oh you are assassin's creed brotherhood <laughs> okay no uh what am i up to uh i haven't finished barry you slacker. You uh, disappoint me. I watched two episodes of it, but you I've been. You slacker, you disappoint me. I've been focusing on trying to finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Right. Which Summer. is a bad game. Uh, you went there. I went back to look at the trailers, and all of them say that all of these like review places say like a like a ten out of ten, like hundred percent, like hundred out of a hundred, mm-hmm. like perfect game. And I'm like, this is a trash game. Yikes! It's. You don't care about the characters because every single time you go and meet a character, you only interact with them for about an hour and then you never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. The story is confusing and stupid. They spread out the interesting through line of the story over the course of like, like 60 hours and you only spend about, I would probably total up about one hour of that Mm. is, has to do with that story. So I'm like, oh, cool. Really interesting storyline. I want to keep playing it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You need to play 15 more hours of this game before you're allowed to do the next part of that quest or mission. And I'm like, awesome. Cool. Just what I wanted. And then next time I get around, I'm like, so what happened last time? Like, give me like a recap of what happened last time with this through line. Yeah. Um, The ending. uh, So this is the 10th game in a series. Actually, it's, it's the 10th flagship game in the series it's or 10th or 11th uh it's really like the 15th or 16th or 17th actual game because there's been like a bunch of like side spinoff games right um that are 
official launches, not like just tiny little things, but like official launch games, but they're not flagship games. Um, and all these games have had a single through line story of like learning about this other thing that happened forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's, that's an interesting thing, but the way they handle it in this game makes no sense. And, and like, if you play them in the past games, if you play the main story, so like just a person who wants to play a video game and they just want to play the main story and they play through it. Yeah. Ending doesn't tell you anything. You have to complete several of the side stuff to even mm-hmm. understand what the hell is trying to tell you. Right. And I didn't like that. Like, cause I, it was, I beat it and I'm like, okay, so that, that's, that just happened. Okay. Whatever. And then I'm just like, okay, there's this other little side thing that interests me. So I'm going to go finish that off. And then when you finish that, a big like cutscene happens. that explains the story basically. And you're like, Oh, so if I had just been playing the game, ignore like doing side quests here and there, but like just doing the main story, it would have just been the bland ending. And that is terrible writing. Yeah. Like it just, and the, I, it, the world itself is just unimmersive. Yeah. Um, I, I think the end of, or like the beginning of the game relies on you actually ending a DLC of the, like, which is downloadable content, which costs extra of the last oh. game. And most people don't do those. Oh. Cause like they're like, it yeah. showed a cutscene of like the last game. Like, when did this happen? I beat the last game, but I never finished the <laughs> DLCs. Cause like, I was just kind of like, I played too much of it all at one time and I got burned out on it. Right. Uh, so I just stepped away from it. I don't remember this happening at all. So it like relies on something that people just haven't played. And it's just, it's an uber buggy game. There's a quest I still haven't finished because the thing that exists that I can look at that I'm supposed to pick up, it's not giving me the ability to pick it up. So I just can't finish that. And there's been four title updates. So a title update in a game thing that didn't used to exist when they just put games on a disc like basically launches these huge fixes like hey like we updated this quest so that people can finish it like stuff like that there's been four of them all of them saying that this quest has been fixed so you can finish it and i still can't finish it (laughs) something something ubery soft buggy bugs yeah (laughs) it's just it it was it's it's boring it's repetitive Mm -hmm. it like i it is my least favorite Assassin's Creed game. Wow. It was bottom three while I was playing it. And I was like, this is kind of boring. Like, probably the ending will, like, be okay. Mm-hmm. Ending was the worst ending of all the games. Yikes. The game that I argue is, was the worst, which is Unity, is the one, the French Revolution. I've complained about that one. It's set mm-hmm. in the Revolution. French Revolution doesn't matter because you have nothing to do with the French Revolution. <laughs> um, it's at least got some interesting elements and some, like, side stuff, like there's some like riddles of a location in France and you kind of have to, um, there's a thing in the game where if you come across a major location, so in France, the Notre Dame, Notre Dame, you come across mm-hmm. the Notre Dame, you get a little update, like the database. And it gives you a little explanation of like what Notre Dame oh, is like. Lovely. And so They're these little riddles, football you- team, but they keep losing <laughs> the playoffs to the far superior teams. <laughs> um, you come across these little riddles and they kind of, you have to, kind of read the the database entry to understand it and it's it's fun it's immersive in the world and kind of like helps you like understand the place a little better so like that 
helped Unity be a little redeeming. I wonder if this was an educational game that just like, got <laughs> bought by the Assassin's Creed label and shipped it into their... <laughs> they're like, hey, I got a... Because you, you know that happens in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. They'll take like a script that has nothing to do with anything and then they'll be like, we'll slap the Cloverfield label on this. Oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... There was nothing redeeming like that in, in Valhalla and it's just like... There's so many problems with it. I'm. It's so bad. I might actually write a review like that. It, wow. I don't write reviews, but there's so many problems with it that it's my least favorite Assassin's Creed game. Mm-hmm. I really hope the next one is better. Yeah. There's uh, leaks out about what the next game might be. So mm-hmm. they're not releasing a game this year, which is good because last time they didn't release a game for a year. They got a re- one, arguably one of the best games mm-hmm. because they took the time to make a good game. What a concept! Um, and then, and that happened to also I, my theory about Assassin's Creed is they come in pairs, right? And the first game is always trash. The yep. second game is always sub- significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, they took the year off before the first game of the pair, and that I would argue is the best of the first games. Okay. And like it's 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 up there with some of the best of the second games. Like it's it's mm-hmm. a good game, and then the second one's just better because it's the second one. Like right. it's just really good. Um, but like they're taking a year off, which mm-hmm. is good. Yep. But there's a leak that it's going to be set in India during the 17th century. Which, if you vaguely know any history, I didn't until I saw that leak, and then I went to Google and said India in the 17th century. <laughs> um, it's like the height of the Mughal Empire. Um, there's a lot of like Dutch and uh, English colonization. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's at that point was I think the densest area. Mm-hmm. Um, but the and they, they there was references to maybe it kind of like blending into Pakistan and stuff like okay. bordering countries, which if they make me ride a horse across India, I'm going to lose my mind. You have to climb Mount Everest in real time. Is Everest there? It's a... I don't know where Everest is. Is it in the Himalayas? Yeah. Okay. in that area. Okay. I knew the Himalayas, but I just didn't know. Everest is just this this mountain that exists simultaneously everywhere and nowhere in my mind. Mm -hmm. Mount St. Helen is in America, right? Is it Washington? Washington? Yeah. I don't know stuff. When it erupted, my dad, who lived in Billings, Montana, which is like eastern Montana, a thousand miles away at the time, couldn't go to school because there was so much ash in the air. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, that's my opinion of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You should write a view, a review, because writing is the next logical step in your progression. You learned how to read. Now you can learn how to write. (laughs) (laughs) True. Now, if you ever play, if you're playing video games, uh, if you're into video games and you're also into Assassin's Creed games, if you had to skip one, I'd skip Valhalla. Um, The the story, the main story, like the through line story, it doesn't really add anything. Um, It just kind of fits in the norse gods into this history but it doesn't really progress anything it's just kind of it's a filler game honestly lovely and it's just that's not fun i'm not gonna play it again probably i said that about unity but there's like aspects of unity that i find entertaining but Mm -hmm. i just i just don't find anything about valhalla entertaining just a slog it's a slog of a game but Good. So yeah, I finished that. Bad. Don't recommend. That's my no recommend. Don't play okay. it. 
Okay. I'm okay. looking at the camera. It doesn't matter. Yep. News. All right. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, I think I do have my own, like, I don't care news. Okay. Zack Snyder said it's going to be a four hour movie. Sure. We know it's four hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like, it's been, people have been saying it's going to be a mini series. Aren't they releasing it in hour long chunks? No, he just, he, no. he's come out, he came out like this week and said it's going to be a movie. Okay. So shut up <laughs> oh that's gonna be really fun because we can watch like the three hour ultimate batman versus superman cut and then we can watch the original justice league and we can compare and contrast with the new four hour justice that's gonna be that's gonna make for a great saturday right there you're gonna drink yourself into a stupor i'm gonna throw myself into the ocean <laughs> we live in oklahoma i'm gonna yep. do a journey <laughs> uh I'm stupid it's it's just I feel like I'm starting to get a theory about this. Every bit of news they've made about this has been just non-news. Yeah. And I think they're just trying to keep it relevant because so few people care. They're just trying to make it a bigger deal than it is. It's like some like along the same lines of uh, the way they got campaigned BVS for two years just trying to make it a big deal because they want people to it's probably just along one of those like the same theory that we have or that i have that you kind of agree with that Mm -hmm. the more you hear from the producers about the movie the worse it's going to be because they're trying to get that first weekend viewing before word of mouth gets out that it's bad yep and this is something like we might get new viewers uh new listeners around this time so these are kind of like theories that we should bring up again yeah if you if a movie's coming out and you keep hearing the director and the producers in the studio say like it's the greatest movie ever blah blah blah, then it's gonna be bad. But if you if there's something like let's say Quiet Place for example, movie is coming out, yeah. okay, phenomenal movie, and sure. it just like continued to be great for a long or continued to get a lot of uh, ticket sales for a long time because mm-hmm. everyone kept telling everyone else that it's a great movie. Yeah. They let word of mouth speak for itself. Yeah, so. That's your rule of thumb. If you hear a whole bunch of stuff coming from the creators of the movie about how good it is, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if it's terrible. Yeah. And so I'm expecting, oh, did you hear that uh, Ray Fisher got let go as Cyborg? Oh. Yeah, he just, I think he was, I mean, this is bad. Yeah, there's a lot of tension there. Yeah, like, I mean, like this is. said some stuff about like the, the culture on set. And yeah, so approach. I have two sides of this. Um, one is that I was getting tired of hearing him like back up Zack Snyder and like that. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I was just like, I think it's stupid and you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But he was like an advocate for accountability over like, was it accountability over uh something else, over money or something like that? Like he had this mm-hmm. a over something else um, that, that I kind of dig like it's um treat your movie people with respect mm-hmm. um but he was very much like yeah joss whedon was a piece of shit on set oh, yeah. um and he was putting up a big stink on uh twitter and everything like about this and warner media just cut him out um which uh could probably mean one of a couple things mm. in my mind one is that he's right and warner media wants him out to stop like so that he doesn't get more ammunition by being in that realm could be um or that he is wrong and they're like you are toxic for our uh our work workspace Mm -hmm. 
Um, he has had a couple people back him up on that. I think Jason right. Momoa backed him up on it, which I mean, it's Jason Momoa. He's an established actor. So yeah. Ray Fisher's this new kid making a stink, right? which is probably why people ignored it for so long. And I think Jason Momoa coming in, stepping in like bigger name actor, uh, got a little bit more movement. Yeah. Lends um, some credibility there for sure. But I think, uh, they can't let Jason Momoa go. I'm wondering if there's any like no. texts between Fisher or Momoa going, Hey, please keep this going since you're going to like, you, you can't let Aquaman go. You can't let the, like the, the center of like, <laughs> I would say Aquaman is like the best of, the, of who has been in the justice league. Shazam's the best, right. but he hasn't been in a justice league yet. Right. But I think Aquaman is kind of that center. He hasn't had a horrible movie yet. Yeah. Like wonder woman had the bad movie, but she also probably had the best movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, no Shazam. I think Shazam is better than, wonder woman maybe yeah they're close they're both really good <laughs> yeah um but yeah no that's that that's interesting news i'm curious to see because i mean well let's just address the fact that they have announced that they're going to do a cyborg movie again not forever ago right. did i say just i may I have said just so. i don't I, think i did i'm not listening uh, good i stopped paying attention they announced a while ago, ago they're going to do a cyborg movie which they just let go, let their cyborg go yep um I mean, you know, recasting a black guy, uh, a black robot guy isn't like incredibly uncommon in superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> what a really specific comment. <laughs> For those who don't get that, they recast Rhodey after Iron Man 1. Yep. Sorry, Terrence Howard. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, I was thinking about this because uh, he's in The Wire, not The Wire, Boardwalk Empire. Mm. Uh, and and that was coming out around the same time i think it was like he wasn't good enough for them to fight to keep him because he was busy with boardwalk empire yeah um they didn't like him enough if they'd liked him enough they would have fought to keep him but they're like also, oh bummer yeah. you're busy with boardwalk empire it looks like we'll just have to go with Cheadle. yep they also <laughs> didn't know at that point like how big it was gonna right. become so all right yeah makes sense yep yep all right all right I returned to my original yes. question. Do you want the good news or the bad news? I was hoping I would have gotten one of those. Uh, let's start with the bad news. Uh, well, speaking of Quiet Place, Quiet Place 2 has been pushed back to September. Or, no. Um, where is the actual pushback? Oh. Help me. This article is useless. <laughs> pushed back to September uh, 2021. Uh, along with King's Man has been pushed back to August 20th. No Time to Die has been pushed back to October 8th. Heard that one. Last Night in Soho, which is Edgar Wright's next movie, has mm -hmm. been pushed back to October 22nd. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, no one cares. Morbius, <laughs> no one cares, but January 2022. Uncharted, February 2022. Oh, dang um, it. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that's it at this point. Um, but... I imagine there could be more to follow. We'll have to, we need to, before next week, make a f comprehensive list of all the big name movies that are planning on coming out and then talk about the current due date. Like that's yeah. due date. That's an interesting movie. Uh, get it? No. Have you seen it? No. It's all right. It's kind of funny. Sure. It's it tiring after the first half. Um. Okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah. At least it's not. See that that was not that was bad news, but it wasn't like bad news that was going to make me go on a rant. Right. Unless your good news is sarcastic and it's going to make me go on a rant. No, it's good news. Oh, is it good? You actually, you know. Oh about God, it. you know about it. Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus broke up. Yay! Woo! We're the tabloid podcast now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a what a stupid thing for me to be happy about because yeah, 
like i mean i just love Ana de armas and i don't like ben affleck yep. <laughs> so i was just like they need to not be together uh i don't know yeah someone threw away a cardboard cutout of her that was in ben affleck's house and everyone <laughs> thought it was casey affleck <laughs> he had to go on the record and say it wasn't him oh my god <laughs> that is funny no I, uh, uh, it, that's yep yeah Cool. She's my celebrity crush, so it's just like you know, yeah. and he's my celebrity. Get the f- out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Not Zack Snyder. I, I well, him too. <laughs> well, no, I see. The thing is, I want Zack Snyder to make more like graphic novel movies because those were League. no graphic novel, not comic book. So Batman versus Superman, which is an adaptation of uh, it, was Dark not Dark an Titans. adaptation. It totally is, because remember that, like, two-second frame, or the like, two <laughs> frames where it mimics the cover? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Any other news? Mm, nothing major. Follow up with us next week, where we talk about a lot of news. Next week is our full news update, so if you're curious about anything that's uh, that's brewing, anything that's going on in the movie industry, comic industry, that's where we're going to we're going to delve into it a little bit more. Yep. Talk about ramifications and stuff like that, which I accidentally just did um, with Cyborg. A little bit more than needed, but uh, we'll do more of that. We'll talk about all the movies that are coming out. We can call it a teaser for next week. Yeah. Where, uh, the intent is to fill you in on all of the movies that we know are coming out mm-hmm. that casual people may not be aware of coming out. Maybe we'll make some predictions. What's yeah. going to be good? What's going to be bad? Yeah. Morbius is going to be bad. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. So bad. Uh, Yeah. All right. All right. Matt. Topic. Topic. Preston. Matt. What is a goat? Uh, Matt. Very good. You got your mountains. You got your billies. Yep. Got your uh, Eilishes. Sure. Eilish. Yeah, not goat Eilish. Eilish goat. Billy Eilish goat. You I'm goat. a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, episode over. We can't top that. <laughs> Someone has to have already made that joke. I can't I can't claim that one. I feel like that joke has to have been made at some point. Gotta be. That's yeah. Good. Okay. All right. So today, we are asking ourselves the question, what does it mean to be the greatest of all time? Yeah, you hear this uh, You hear this phrase thrown around, you got your, uh, got your Michael Phelps, got your thing mm-hmm. in your eye. <laughs> got a headache, like, right here. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, I don't care about your pain. I know. Got your uh, Michael Phelps, got your Beatles, mm-hmm. got uh, your... Uh, Babe Ruth, to just take another sports one. Yeah, you got your Halo, the video game greatest game video game of all time considered kind of i don't know i mean it's just it's one of those we things can talk about it we could talk about what criteria this is this is the question we're asking yeah answering today surprisingly relevant because hank aaron died a couple days ago he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time oh uh-huh. oh yeah yeah then you have a book there are books about him it's like one that like i met hank aaron or like hank aaron and me yeah something like that i don't know what were those books i want to find out but keep talking. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think that a lot of this is just going to be figuring out um, what constitutes the quote unquote greatest of all time. And what, if any, differs that from the best of all time or the best loved of all time or different superlative qualifiers for different mediums or topics or things. And then 
Maybe we can ask ourselves, I thought of an interesting question would be to ask, what is the greatest superhero movie of all time? I think that'll be a good place to kind of focus the... back in after we set down some definitions. Okay. I think it's an interesting question. I don't have a good answer yet. All right. All right. So for you, would you say there's a difference between calling something the greatest of all time and calling something the best of all time? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um... I think to me personally, no. Okay. Um, I think they, I think the word great and best both stem from the word good. Um, so good and great Mm -hmm. and then good, better, best. Um, I, I think that I, I think they can be interchangeable, but I think for the sake of the topic, I think we could distinguish the two. Um, I think best of all time means uh, comprehensively, uh, okay, uh, uh, comprehensively good. And the reason mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, um, I'm going to clarify with greatest, I think is more comprehensively influential. Yeah. Um, okay. I think if you all say right. something is the greatest of all time, they might not be let's say the greatest sports player of all time, they might not have the best stats, mm-hmm. but just something about them is causes them to be influential in the realm of that of in their realm. Right. Um, so let's look at, um, arguably Assassin's Creed two and brotherhood, okay. which could be considered some of the greatest of all time video games. I by, object to that strongly. Unity is the greatest. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say arguably, uh, because I think something that uh, I think greatest of all time is a bit more subjective. Whereas best of all time, of course, as we all know, is perfectly objective and can be (laughs) rationalized out. I think it's um, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of ambiguity that I mean, the intent of this episode is to kind of like suss that out. Trying to find these little little gray areas and where those lines break down. And I I really like what you're thinking. The, The difference they both have to do with being good. Yeah. The, you can't have a shitty game be yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, the greatest baseball player of all time isn't, um, I don't know, who's just the most random baseball player you can think of. Rob Deer. Famous for... Why would you rob a deer? It doesn't have any money. I don't know. It's It seems imprecise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what's the point? Yeah. I'm going to take its antlers... Poor no. deer. Poor deer. Oh dear. Moving on from this that joke. Was, that was a weird bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the greatest baseball player of all time, even if they're really influential and they change the way the game is thought of, not necessarily like Rob Deere. He's famous for basically doing nothing but strike out and occasionally hit home runs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so for for reference, in baseball, 300 batting average is really good. That means three out of every 10 times you come to the plate, you get a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, 250 is usually about league average. 200 is like, you better have some really good selling point. Otherwise, you're out of the league. Mm. And Man, Rob, that is a really th- small window. Yeah, it is. Um, the thing is, you have a lot of at-bats over the course of a season. So That's it true. breaks down to quite a few hits. Yeah. Um, Rob Deere famously would regularly hit right around 200 as low as like 170 180 mm-hmm. but hit 20 to 30 home runs which was pretty decent for the yeah. time um not that important point is 
even if he's influential and he's out there and he's a very like different player and is kind of redefining how we think about the game and think about the value of a player, he's not going to be someone we can ever think of as greatest because he's never the best. Yeah. And that's with sports is easy to quantify. Right. Yeah. I think especially like, yeah, having a very objective thing like sports uh, is a lot easier to define as yeah. best. Like uh, you, you hit some haziness around the change of games, like comparing a quarterback now to a quarterback in like right. 1940. Yeah apples and oranges rules are just incredibly different um but like you can argue that people like adrian peterson is one of the best running backs of all time yeah um you could argue uh who 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 would you argue is one of the best quarterbacks around right now? i don't watch nfl so quarterbacks right now i mean it's patrick mahomes okay is that from the ravens no. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were just <laughs> just beefing up your own team. I mean, the real best quarterback is LeVar Jackson. Go Ravens, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, you, you can use statistics to prove what's the best, but yeah, I think also... at least make good arguments for the best. I, th- I think there's a much more... I think with, with, with a realm like sports that can be a lot more objective, it is easier mm-hmm. to make that distinguish between best and greatest because right. then you look at someone like... I, biased here i agree i i know mm-hmm. baker mayfield yeah could be considered some of the like one of the more influential people in the sport like uh like just from like at least from when he was at ou even if you don't like yeah. him like he did a lot to the team as a captain yeah to like to energize the team whether or not he was like he set records or not which he did but right like he was still influential in that aspect um yeah. he might not have been the best college quarterback in his time he was right. he was really good he won the heisman yeah um but he might have been in the argument for the greatest although he didn't win any championships so you know what? he's, That's he's not... a loser yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean you you chuck that a guy like that into the browns who went literally owen all of them yep. <laughs> <laughs> and cranked out two ga- two wins in this first what three Something like Something that. Something like that. Like and then it, came close to a winning season and then sent him to the playoffs this year. Yeah. Like it's, it's uh, he, he he he's great. Yeah. And but also he's good. Like he's he's yeah. good at his what he does. And it's not only him, but yeah. Um I but think, I, I think baseball actually is probably has the clearest cut difference between greatest and best. Mm. Cuz you have some arguments for like who is the best player. You could say um well Willie Mays was really good. He hit lots of home runs, he stole lots of bases, he played fantastic mm-hmm. defense. Um, you could say it's Barry Bonds, even though he's a dirty cheater. Woo! <laughs> you used steroids. Oh, I know very. I know nothing about baseball. Yeah. So he had. He has the best statistics. He has the most career home runs, and I like um, statistics. A bunch of other high ones. Yes, I know. Good for you. <laughs> I still need to watch Moneyball. <laughs> uh, but the greatest of all time is pretty indisputably. Um, well, let's go back for a second. Hank Aaron was one of the best players of all time. Not mm-hmm. he was never like the best player but he had amazing longevity um Mm -hmm. and he was consistently really good at everything Mm -hmm. um but the greatest of all time is pretty indisputably babe ruth Mm -hmm. because he's among those best of all time he set some of these highest numbers of all time but he redefined the way people thought about the game yeah turned it from oh this is just kind of you know a fun game that people play to this is the biggest most exciting sport that the world has ever seen right and he changed the way they played it he went from like a let's just hit the ball gently and kind of we'll run around the bases a little bit to i'm gonna hit 60 home runs in a season right prior to babe ruth the record for home runs in a single season was like 11 
Mm-hmm. And then he came along and hit 20 something as a pitcher in 1919 <laughs> and then hit like 59 or 60 in the early 20s and just completely changed the shape of the game yeah and so the well for one thing just the quality of play and the influence so i wonder if there's now that i'm thinking this out loud i wonder if there's something about how good you are relative to your peers that's part of greatness uh so i that would set you apart like historically i think I don't. I don't know. I. I, I let, let's kind of. We, we can touch back on sports occasionally. Let's kind of like yeah. go back into the well, yeah. fine arts. Um. So when I'm thinking of best versus greatest, you think of best, and it's literally the things that like. I mean, again, in art, it's very subjective. Wrong. Um. But huh? Wrong. <laughs> um. But like you could. You can break down elements like criteria that make a good movie and you can mm-hmm. like if you were to try to objectify art, yeah. you could do that. Um, and that's like the closest I think we we have right now is like Metacritic. Like, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a reasonable approximation. Like, yeah, that, I think that's the closest we can get because it's people who know kind of have who live in those kind of culturally established criteria thought about those questions yeah and are able to watch a movie and determine pretty nearly how well it gets to that right note um and so that's how we can look at the quality mm-hmm. but influence is incredibly different so let's let's yeah. hear uh here's some examples of like influential like avatar yeah objectively not a fantastic movie pretty bland pretty it's, it's redone but it's influential. It, it changed the way that thing that creating the movies work. Yeah. So I think while it's nowhere near best of all time, no. I think it's kind of up there in the running of like the long list of greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, and similar, like going way back stuff like sound of, uh, yeah. Sound of music. No. Um, what? Hang on. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. <laughs> uh, is in, is a very influential. Yeah. It's also really good. Yeah. I think I haven't seen it. Uh, I just I I know the ratings and I know everyone else's opinions. Some mildly to moderately racist moments, but you know it's a movie of its time. Yeah. Um. But like it's influential, and then like Star Wars Episode Four, Mm -hmm. good movie, not perfect. Probably the second best Star Wars movie. Yeah. Behind Rogue One. Man, you really just hate me today. It's Empire. It's it's. Like it's it's genuinely a good movie, but it, yeah. it's not near the best. But also, it's mass. It set the stage for sci-fi. Yeah, it redefined what a blockbuster was. Yeah, it's just it it. I think we're still in the era that it defined. Oh yeah. Um, and we might be for the rest of our lives. Right, and and it's so may not be the best, but could be considered the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that trilogy as a whole can be considered greatest because if you talk about four you like and in terms of influence Mm -hmm. five is right up there with it like it it built on that Mm -hmm. and then six is just kind of around because everything's in trilogies Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but i think that's my distinction is its influence Uh, music for example okay you have uh like i mean you've got your good you've got your i'm wondering if music is a lot tighter of a distinction so let's look at mm-hmm. jazz you've got your miles davis who is sure. 
objectively great. <laughs> Love him. He's also incredibly influential. Right. Um, and uh, Charlie Parker. Parker, God. <laughs> I was thinking Charlie Bird because he's the bird. Um, yep. Like also great and influential. Then you look at rock and you have like the Beatles yeah. who kind of influenced that. Yeah. And then Metallica influenced metal. Like they are all, they're also great, mm-hmm. but I'm going to spill some hot tea right now. I don't think the Beatles are all that great. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I like some of their stuff, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's not a sound that I like, but like mm-hmm. it's, they're influential and you can't yeah. deny that. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, I think well the influence is definitely a big part. Go, oh, oh he's got a he's got a thing, he's got the face. Who do you think that I'm gonna say is definitely not the best but very influential? Name a person that I have I have admitted that I do not like a lot, but also have admitted that he's very influential in his realm. Ben Affleck. No <laughs> <laughs> Comics Realm. Oh, uh Enemy of the Show Rob Liefeld. Enemy of the Show Rob Liefeld. Yeah. I argue arguably he's one of the worst writers that I've ever read. <laughs> oh, snap Enemy of the Show Rob Liefeld. But sit down. Uh so for some history, Rob Liefeld worked for Marvel. He wrote Marvel Comics X-Men. He wrote X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um or he was an artist on X-Men. Yeah. Um and he was among five people who left Marvel, leave, leaving some of their biggest titles without creators. And started Image Comics, which is an independent thing. Mm-hmm. And that, in 1992, is was one of the most influential moments in comic history. Yep. He was one of the most influential people in the comic industry. And I acknowledge that. He's just trash at writing and drawing and everything else he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I think, is a really good distinction. Uh, if, 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 it make, if it helps make my idea clearer of yeah. the difference. Like, he is not the best of all time. But I think he could be one of the greatest. Yeah. So... For me, um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> Do I not will. put me on the record of saying that Rob Liefeld is, is the greatest of all time. Our little, our little teaser blur. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Liefeld <laughs> is the greatest of all time. <laughs> Enemy of the show, Rob Liefeld is the yeah, greatest yeah, of all time. There we go. got to get that in there. Um, yeah. So I like the things you're saying. I want to push back a little bit. Ooh, good. I like pushback. I think, I think for me, um, there is the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Which you can sort of you can come up with some criteria and some rules, and the fun part is arguing about those criteria and rules. Right. But you can you can come up yeah, with some fun. defined criteria. I have fun with it. <laughs> That's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, you have you can have the most influential of all time, which is completely irrespective of quality. Mm-hmm. Is just things that change it. Rob Liefeld, for example, who cares how good he is? Right, he's not. But he's not very influential. <laughs> for me, greatest is kind of a confluence of the two. Mm-hmm. It is a prerequisite to be really good. It is a prerequisite to be really influential, to be great. It's kind of that meeting okay. point between them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm on board. Okay. I'd like you to elaborate a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to try to be really precise with definitions and language for things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if we just want to tie greatness strictly to influence, then we should have a separate category, most influential of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, greatness. Miat. 
You got your goat, your boat, and your miot. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a miata joke, but I can't get it put together. <laughs> um, so, I well, at the very start of the conversation, you said that great is, it's nearly synonymous with good. Um, it's kind of good in a sense of big and successful. Mm-hmm. Um we wouldn't call Alexander the Great Alexander the Good necessarily, but we get that it's a yeah sort of uh, a positive identifier. Etymo- etym- 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 etymologically, etymologically speaking, great has more of a scale implication than a quality yeah. implication. Yeah, um, but it it includes it, it has to include some quality, I think. right? I, I think. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. So, like, let's let's actually use Alexander the Great, yeah, or Peter the Great, sure. Like to both of you know the greats, yeah. um, and Ivar the ter- or Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the two greats. Uh, they were both very influential. Yeah, they were incredibly influential in the way that Russia and Europe are today. Right, and also they were good at what they did there's a reason yeah. they got around so much yeah that's the point they're not good morally necessarily uh, <laughs> they're just very good at their jobs right and okay in, okay i with people yeah I, I especially think that um okay so then yeah yeah and i i think w- with great having to do with scale i think both influence and i think it, it scale has more it's tied closer to influence than quality because mm-hmm. like i mean okay. rob liefeld his effect was great and rippled through the entire comics universe right um but again he's not great he's not yeah. good like yeah. it, it's still he still hits on that the scale aspect of what great means right um I don't know. I, I, I think that it, I think that great, if you're looking at it in that sense, is too close to influence. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. I was on board and then I talked myself out of it and now I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Let's talk about some other uh, other goats. Uh, who who would you consider? A goat in. Uh, an actor an actor goat oh robin williams that was not where i was thinking at all but um i mean you can call him great as a um maybe if you categorize comedic actor more yeah um because he's a great actor who does comedy but when you think of great actors i guess and this is probably just a bias that's built into the system but you think more of dramatic actors yeah i was going like Orson Welles and um, uh, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier and famous people like with those yeah. legacies. Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but are they influential? I don't know. Like acting, I, I know much less about acting, which mm-hmm. is making this question difficult for me. But um, it seems like acting hasn't been something that has been and i could be completely wrong about this if you know anything about acting let me know in the comments i'm mm-hmm. genuinely intrigued by this um it seems like something where there has been less of a 
like defined points of influence that have kind of changed the arc of how people do the job. Yeah. Um, it is something that is a little more, um, yeah. I imagine that there was probably, I, I don't know, but I imagine there was someone probably in the early days of film that kind of drew a sharp demarcation between stage acting, which is what a lot of early yeah. movie acting looks like. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. movie acting specifically. Yeah, there. Uh, if you watch early movies, um, or listeners, if you watch early movies, there's definitely a way that they talk. They talk uh, kind of grandiosely yep. um, in a way that, you know, would work on stage a lot. Um, right. The reason they talk fast, found this out when I was watching uh, White Christmas, the reason kind of like dialogue is so quick mm-hmm. is because it was so expensive, like time was more expensive. Yeah. Like time was a, the duration of the movie was a more, it was more of a factor of the cost of the movie than it is now. Interesting. Um, so they were like, get these lines out quick. Like yep. I, I, no, I want no time. And that's why you kind of get less tense movies in older stuff is because it's just, let's get the shit going. Like yeah. there's no, no time in between lines. Right. Uh, but that's now they just call it stylized snappy witty dialogue right that's that's kind of cool accidentally created good dialogue (laughs) (laughs) or at least one model of it um well this is taking a massive deviation we should how we do things we should do it we should do uh, an episode on how how writers write their stuff how directors direct their stuff because i want to talk about like Mm -hmm. noah bombach versus who's responsible for uh social network uh sorkin sorkin aaron sorkin Aaron, yeah right and how he like because his stuff is like it his dialogue is intended to make you feel like you're being left behind Mm -hmm. which is kind of the intent of his movies is like you're like it's going without you um yep anyway greatest of all times uh classical music i think is another good one where there's a pretty obvious one it's got to be beethoven right but is he like oh so yeah so he's influential everyone knows him he's just like cemented in the cultural psyche yeah if you've heard of one classical composer it's It's beethoven Beethoven, yeah and but i mean this is a very you and maybe ak uh Mm -hmm. question like would do you think that he is the best of let's let's even narrow it down to his era like do you think he's the best of his era um well it's it there's a lot of interesting music history that would go into answering this question. Short version, yes and no. Um, I think Mozart was a significantly better composer. Okay. Um, but Beethoven also kind of redefined how we thought about music composition at all. Okay. Um, prior to him, the the classical era, which was covered 1750 to, depending on where you cut it off, I like to do 1803 as the cutoff. Um, stuff was, it was very simple. It was kind of, lighter entertainment mm-hmm. um it's meant to be accessible for the popular man but not too too heavy on their souls necessarily mm-hmm. um and you you start you, you know there's some good relatively serious music by like late mozart and late haydn kind of in the 1790s mm-hmm. and later in that period um but beethoven kind of redefined that with his third symphony which prior to him symphonies were like a little quick you know in and out 20 minutes Maybe 30 minutes if you're getting really aggressive, Papa Haydn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes along and writes an hour-long symphony that's full of all this drama and pathos and crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And reintroduces this emotional content and um, the hyper-expressiveness. And that's basically what musicians did for the next hundred years. Yeah. Was the the romantic era, they mm-hmm. called it. Um, hyper-expressiveness and 
So how would you distinguish the difference between uh, influential in terms of how people think about writing music and like the, the kind of the, 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 the construction and the psyche of the music, not psyche, the mentality of the music mm-hmm. versus style influential. Cause like, I mean, you have these eras broken up, yeah. uh, via style. Right. Um, but maybe not necessarily how music is written. Like, would you, would you distinguish those two or would you just say influential is just influential? So, Let's say so. Beethoven right. reimagined how you write it, but he may have not been the person who defined the. No, he was, I guess, the person who defined classical. Right? I don't know. I'm. He, yeah. This is a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, this is going to get a little terminologically dense. Um, so there's kind of lowercase c classical music, which covers basically everything from 1600 to the present day, right? Written in the classical tradition, which instrumental music mostly. Right. Um, there is the capital C classical period, which was 1750 to the early 1800s. Um, that's the very light music Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Beethoven, I think was influential because he broke the classical period and turned it into the romantic period. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it, it is partly how people write music and how they approach the act of writing music. And it's the Act, how people approach the act of listening to music he changed that he made it into a more yeah you don't have to listen to music i things. can't <laughs> <laughs> was just, yeah. uh, no, still he, doesn't match the billy eilish joke <laughs> that was pretty good um made it more more of an emotional experience and um changed the style changed just what music sounds like and feels like mm-hmm. um so i guess it is more of a broader reaching influential because styles kind of change on their own anyway like the baroque era naturally morphed into the classical era right romantic era eventually eventually turned into the romantic era although we think schoenberg for that partly okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and but beethoven was kind of he was the guy that came along and just like we're gonna do things differently now mm-hmm. um and so I I think it is more of a broader reaching influence. Okay. He changed both style and to some extent form content. So here's a question then, since we've talked we've been talking a lot about like five hundred year old people, mm-hmm. do you think greatest of all time can be applied to anyone that's still alive? Do you think it's fair? So here's I have I have yeah. a really good example. Okay. Uh Nate Smith. Mm. Do you know who that is? No. <laughs> I doubt anyone knows who that is. He is arguably one of the greatest and most influential jazz drummers alive. Okay. He is still relatively new. Like mm-hmm. I, like I think he's been active and in the public eye for about 10 years, mm-hmm. roughly. He's, uh, he does, he innovates jazz drumming in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, but he, we don't, we, we're not, we don't, we're, we're not going to see if he influenced Right. jazz drumming for another like we know that buddy rich influenced jazz drumming yep but like kind of but like if you look back to like the earliest jazz drummers mm-hmm. which i couldn't name right off the bat because i'm a little out of practice <laughs> they influence the way it is now yeah. and so now these guys are influencing the way it will be but like let's say in 20 years nate smith just becomes another name that people don't know so mm-hmm. like at the time we're looking at him going, oh my God, he's great. He could be the greatest of all time. Yeah. 
we can't like Michael Phelps. Everyone was calling the goat. He was literally just deemed the goat during his Olympics spree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know who he is anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it's, yeah, no, can we call people? Can we say things are the greatest of all time? If it hasn't, if we don't know if it's going to withstand the test of time. Uh, I think with sports, you can make the argument because it is more quantifiable. But that's the best of all time. Because we're talking, we're, you can, you can, we're going under the yeah. distinction that greatest includes an element of influence. I, yeah, I think I think sports probably the, the legacy factor plays more of a role. And that's something yeah. that can also be more quantified with just like championships. Right. And players who grew up wanting to be them. Right. So LeBron or Tom Brady. Yeah, Kobe, can, like all these. You can make the argument that these guys are the greatest of all time, even right. if they're still alive, except not Kobe, rip Kobe. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's here's another thing and this is i mean this is a really dark thing and might be kind of touching on timeliness do you think the manner of death involved uh, like in is a is is part of how people this is this is digging more into legacy than greatest of all time do you think because like uh um michael jackson Mm -hmm. like not not necessarily a manner of death, but having having died. He was right. popular when he was alive. Yeah. Now he's like considered the like greatest of all time pop right. defining person. Right. Like it, it, again, it kind of goes into my thing of like, can we define who's the greatest of all time on the show alive? Greatest jazz drummer of all time might be alive right now. Is just some no name playing in a in a dive bar right now. Yeah. No, I think. Well, I think you have to die to have to be suddenly placed into historical context that's yeah because okay you provide an endpoint to your own your legacy own living legacy so yeah and it, it lives beyond you but like you're just like okay this is my output now this so is my work. so in your opinion can we say that people that living people are new new creations new art like new games mm-hmm. new books new music stuff yeah. like that can be the greatest of all time or is there a threshold I think you can still make the argument, but I think it is unclear. Okay. Um, and going back to art, that's a an interesting question because art doesn't die. Right. Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like you put out a work of art and then it just exists. And so mm-hmm. you can all like immediately inject it into that discussion of is it the, the greatest of all time? Um, but I, I don't know if there's a defined time threshold. I don't know if you can say, okay, after 20 years, we can start making the argument whether it is the greatest mm-hmm. of all time or not. But I think you do need some benefit of hindsight. Um, we need to, if you know someone, audience, or if we know someone who has a lot of experience in physical painting, art, stuff mm-hmm. like that, I'd like to dig in a little bit like that. Because So here here's one that we haven't brought up. Okay, Leonardo da Vinci is arguably the greatest of all time. Yeah. Like, and so here's the thing is that like, yeah, he painted some cool shit. He also like built some cool engineering shit that we still rely on. Yeah. The Vitruvian man is still something that we use in anatomy today. Mm-hmm. Like he is arguably one of the most influential, like engineers yeah. of all time. Yeah. And also he painted cool shit. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I guess. So this kind of gets into the legacy thing then like factors outside of a uh, artist or creator or creations Mm -hmm. specific existence 
I guess, mm-hmm. um, can add to the the mythos almost on them. Yeah, and that impacts the legacy. Um, so like Babe Ruth calling his shot. Have you heard that story? Uh, I mean, he like he's the one that pointed, right? He like yeah. did that. That's like allegedly. The, allegedly, it's it's not really confirmed whether he did. Basically, it's the World Series, and it's a two-two count, and he's he steps out of the batter's box for a minute, so he calls time, and he points up at the bleachers, and then he steps back in and hits a home run exactly where he pointed. <laughs> Maybe apocryphal. Yeah. Um, there is video of the incident, but it's super grainy twenties video, and he kind of just so. Oh goes. yeah. But um, point is, it's it's. Okay, he hits a home is... run in the World Series. He did a lot of that. Yeah, but the sort of the myth of it adds to the greatness. It's right. Like it's a it's a factor that's outside of something that could be quantified or boiled down to mm-hmm. the actual quality of it. Yeah. So I guess legacy and mythic status. Beethoven, yeah. Beethoven's deafness. That's a great example. Oh yeah, because he wasn't really fully deaf. He was. Was he? Not immediately. Well, yeah, like he lost it like over time. Lost it over time. But by the time he wrote the Ninth Symphony in the 1820s, not long before he died, he was totally deaf. Yeah. The audience gave him a standing ovation at the And he didn't realize. He didn't know until one of the singers that movie. turned him around. I have seen that movie where he was doing that. He was still conducting, but the band was done. Oh, yeah. It and was so off. <laughs> <laughs> like, hire a different conductor to stand behind him and actually conduct in time with the music. <laughs> um okay so yeah and then you like we look at sculptures like michelangelo Mm -hmm. like sistine chapel david like the shit that he did yeah um and then you look at like i mean because now we're delving more into all these other realms you think of philosophers you think Mm -hmm. of like plato like just greatest of all time because he was so influential maybe like plato is the the greatest children's toy of all time It's also the greatest dog of all time. It's not owned true. by other dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not true. Legos are the real greatest true. toy of all time. Um, I mean, and then you look at that. Mm-hmm. Are Legos the greatest of all time? Because like so many people are influenced by Legos yeah. and like that creativity mm-hmm. brought to us by Legos. Yeah. Um, then you look at writers, Machiavelli. Yeah. Like there's a whole realm of thinking yeah based on him yeah like it's just these these people that are just considered the greatest of all time because of the the, like the legacy and these history that we just Mm -hmm. the way the world is today yeah relies on the way that they were in their time but like back then they were like oh hey cool machiavelli wrote a book neat what's this leviathan thing cool and then now we're looking back going oh my god i say machiavelli michelangelo (laughs) no machiavelli yeah Good lord, I'm I'm, I'm mix, so lost. I mixed them up a lot when I okay. was a kid because they're so similar yeah. names and they're kind of around the same time. Old Italian dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I'm playing Assassin's Creed two and three right now, yeah. which is why those names are really prominent in my brain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm starting to really convince myself that you can't say greatest of all time until you're able to see the world that they have left behind. Right. If you see the signatures of people left, like, I mean, you could argue that some of our founding fathers were some of the greatest of all time because there's a lot of governments that are established because of the what they did with America. Yeah. Like, it's just, do they, and and they did a good thing. They made a, they made a country. So they're obviously good at what they did. Yeah. It's hard to make a country. It is hard to make a country. Like, these people are, like so influential and and 
and like you said like influential being great comes with quality mm-hmm. like yeah the sistine chapel isn't a piece of hot garbage it's pretty neat <laughs> hot take sistine Cat chapel pretty neat <laughs> like the stuff they did is like both influential and good and i yeah. think you're right i now i'm fully sold on that that greatest of all time there is influential the miat mm-hmm. there is the best of all time which is just statistically good mm-hmm. while maybe not really doing anything new yeah like is the best composer of all time but he was he just old-fashioned baroque yep straight through yep um but then there is the greatest of all time that leaves a legacy leaves like taste in people's mouths whether it be good or bad yeah oh no oh (laughs) you know where i'm going (laughs) yeah would you argue that hitler is one of the greatest of all time because he's influential (laughs) and good at what he set out to do evil tyrant yeah but (laughs) you know it makes me uncomfortable and it makes me feel like there should be some sort of guardrails of like okay this dude was just like moral and ethical greatness (laughs) oh no (laughs) this is gonna get really ugly but like there has to be some sort of like okay in some sense their goal is a good thing Mm -hmm. like alexander the great sure he's building an empire and enslaving other nations right. but he's trying to bring prosperity to the world right in some sense and he he kind of did that squandered a whole lot of people yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot uh, of bad shit really alexander the gray <laughs> like know. i mean the, then that there's that whole ethical question is that's a more complicated one i don't like, want to touch that one too much <laughs> i mean the world today is the way it is because the holocaust and world war ii happened yeah there's a lot of fail safes now that yeah. protect the people i think because of what hitler did yeah i think greatness has to have some sort of positive connotation then we talk about more or uh <laughs> now we're getting philosophical on it i mean this is i feel yeah. like this question was bound was to get philosophical that, yeah. like I mean, if Hitler had won and the world over the next several hundred years had kind of gone to his mentality, Hitler did a good thing. The world agrees <laughs> that there's our teaser for the week. <laughs> <laughs> the world agrees that Jews should all be or should I guess if Hitler won, there would be no Jews in 200 years, probably. But, you know, like. <sighs> I don't know. That That's really a, a whole question that just kind of hoping the conversation didn't go this way because I thought about it and I was like, I don't know how this fits into my framework. Yeah. And also like really we're leaving the entertainment media part of our podcast. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Let's answer the question that I set out to start at the beginning. We said we can't talk about the greatest of all time for stuff that's still happening. You okay. Know what? Let's do it. We've got the three criteria. We've got the best of all time, most of in- most influential of all time, and then overall the greatest of all time we've got a good argument for what constitutes that right let's find the greatest superhero movie of all time okay let's let's start with the best and most influential okay so i think iron man is probably the most influential because it started this it didn't start superhero movies because you had the x-men right years before it but it started this this wave of this era of superhero movies like it because it it not only did like that it start its own mcu world but it caused dc the other powerhouse superhero world Mm -hmm. to follow suit right horrendously but (laughs) but it did forced competition right i would maybe argue um toby mcguire spider-man 
for most influential. Okay. Because that was the one that really took superhero movies into the mainstream. Like X-Men was before that. Um, and X-Men was... When was when was 2? When was Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2 was 2004. Okay. But... Spider-Man 1 was 2002, right? Yes. 2002. So it's... Well, I don't know. I It brought it into the psyche. Like, it got people's attention, but it... I don't think there was the snap until Iron Man. I I think there was. I think... Well, Spider-Man was hugely successful. Right. It was... I think at one point, one of like the top grossing movies of all time, um, probably behind Titanic and like Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it proved to mainstream uh, consumers, A, that superhero movies can be very fun and enjoyable entertainment. And it proved, I think, to the studios that these can be profitable and successful and can be done well. And it proved that it's pizza time. I... I hate myself. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So it, it it set the groundwork for Iron Man to capitalize on. So mm-hmm. while Iron Man may have been a better movie, it, it, it we can compare it to Bach, where like mm-hmm. it was in that realm already. Like that realm existed, so it just did it good. Yeah. Okay. And going back to Iron Man, there's almost like a. Uh revisionist history there they just set out to make a superhero movie at the right. start they didn't want this shared universe necessarily right they, they weren't were trying that. to innovate yeah it just happened so maybe avengers would be well i don't think any i don't think any of the most influential people in the world were trying to well i mean da vinci was trying to innovate there was a lot of yeah. shit going on in his Alexander brain the great was trying to yeah come from <laughs> <world>. <laughs> no yeah like so i i don't know i think avengers might be a better candidate for more influential if you want to go with a more recent one because that was the one that showed that we can bring separate elements together that was kind of the yeah. first superhero movie to do that level of, well it yeah i mean that was a capital uh capitalizing on um or really cashing in on uh like first avenger which yeah. is the which is the one that kind of like said hey we're bringing these people together like yeah. the, and then then they did yeah well because yeah first Avenger was after thor right probably can never keep those timelines straight yeah me either um i think i'm gonna take your side on the spider-man thing i think the the fact that it because it didn't intend to try to set up the Mm -hmm. thing like avengers did right i think it tried to be innovative i mean it worked but uh it i think i think you're right spider-man like x-men was just like let's do this kind of thing and that was following like that was eight years after the exodus of the writers of x-men mm-hmm. and so marvel was just struggling i mean 1993 marvel filed for lawsuit or filed for lawsuit <laughs> filed for bankruptcy which then led to x-men going to fox spider-man right. going to sony right like uh hulk going to universal like that's how that happened yep. um and i think spider-man like then people just kind of like saying hey we have these new properties let's just do something with it and yep. then yeah spider-man kind of proved it so that's most influential Okay. What do you say is the best? Do you mean aside from Dark Knight? Yeah, it's Dark Knight. <laughs> no, it really is. It is. Yeah. It is uncontrovertibly Dark Knight. Incontro- uncontrovertibly? Incontrovertibly. I'll controvert you. Oh, huh? <laughs> it's incontrovertibly Dark Knight. That is the best of all time. Yep. Fight with us in the comments. You got a better pick. You don't, but tell us what you think. What is the greatest of all time? I've got, I've been thinking through this. 
for like the past week. What if it's also Dark Knight? It could be. I've got like a half dozen candidates. Okay, so let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about what they did. Like the world we live in today in 2021. Mm -hmm. What what do we see the ripples of? Still definitively. So what what are your what are your candidates? So Dark Knight. Dark Knight. That's obviously one. Uh, Um, I mean it. I don't know. Christopher Nolan just has free reign on whatever he wants to do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it innovated the seriousness of superhero movies well yeah i mean you look at all the superhero movies that came before and they're kind of goofy and goofy stuff, yeah and you look at the ones that came for a few years after and well even still to the present day somewhat yeah and they're serious and darker and but got, you can be themes. you can be critical with it you can right. you can watch a uh, superhero movie critically not all of them you get a whole lot of good stuff like you watch far from home not particularly critically sure. advanced um but i i think it proved that the two realms can exist together mm-hmm. in one movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it's been as influential. I'm starting to think, I, I don't think the dark Knight was real. Like, cause it, it got overshadowed by what MCU did. Right. Cause that happened at the same time. Like they were just yeah. like, yeah, cool. Look, look what we can do. Oh, but look what Marvel's doing. Like, right. so it just kind of, it, it made, it proved a point when it was made, but that point has not been progressed. Yeah, I mean we've seen the all the cheap imitations and yeah. all the people that are trying to be it, but All right, so it's not Dark Knight. As much as it hurts me to say so. Probably not. It's okay. still tough to say though. Right. Like who knows. Um I mean like we talked about greatest of all time, you kind of need to in you need to look further like maybe in a 100 years people go, yeah, the way movies are made or defined by dark knight back in 2008 yeah well that'd be cool no yeah yeah eight yep god when was batman begins five five god i never remember that (laughs) okay what's your other one uh another one would be the first superman movie Ooh, it's really good and it kind of was the hey look superheroes are a theme mainstream public yeah but i don't well yeah okay so that i don't know the way that we are now like superheroes thrive in group stuff okay like having other other things around like that's kind of just the way that it is like every the justice league is the center point of the dc universe the avengers and the x-men fantastic four are the centerpiece of the marvel stuff it is those group the ensembles Mm -hmm. um and i think that was proven with avengers okay uh which is probably one of your other ones oh yeah um and i think uh, i don't know i mean we have superhero movies today yeah period end of sentence in some sense that's attributable to superman the superman someone had to start it someone had to do it right i think there was other superhero movies before there, superman there were there's like some wartime ones that are kind yeah. of wonky there's like the shows like the shazam show right and the flash show from the 70s god damn it <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay what are other ones uh, uh, breathe through the other ones so we can uh, avengers it's got to be a good one it's the first yep. one that brings everyone together it's a good movie yep um 
Infinity War slash Endgame kind of treated as one big movie. Yeah. Um, massive culmination. We have no idea what the ripple effects are going to look like. Yeah, that. we're we're literally like the water is still in the air from the splash right now. Like yeah. we're we have no <laughs> idea what that's going to look like. Yeah. Um, but really good and um, going to have some sort of legacy in some sense. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah. What if this whole like era just kind of gets forgotten it could yeah and we don't know that like i mean we could get to 50 years from now and say that suicide squad is the (laughs) yeah i would argue that i think i'm on the the superman the 70s superman is probably just because it's so Mm -hmm. like it proved that super or superheroes can be put on screen yeah um and it's it at least the first one didn't get too big for its own mythos. Right. Um, and it, it didn't like, and it, like it, it affected superheroes movies moving forward. Yeah. Um, and it has not been forgotten. It's 40 years old, 50 years old mm-hmm. and it's not been forgotten. Yeah. Like people forget that Thor, the dark world was a thing. There's, wait the dark world they really called a movie that yeah it was bad (laughs) but like people forget and i forget that suicide squad happened Mm -hmm. all the time like yeah um i mean we're not saying those are influential by any stretch but i think is spider or is uh superman the greatest of all time i think it's in the argument I think we need another like 20 years to really like solidify that. Like, yeah. do we see because because what I think what what it needs to withstand, what greatest of all time needs to withstand is the deviation from its ripple. Right. Only for it to come back. Yeah. I think that's the real proof that it that it was influential, because if you can say that it was influential for 40 years, mm-hmm. had an effect but then if people just forget that superhero movies were a thing, it didn't affect the industry. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back. We'll revisit this after superhero movies inevitably die in about 2026. Yeah. But for now, we think that I are that Superman from 1974. 1978. Shit. I was four years off. I knew it wasn't 74 because the actress that played Lois Lane was in Black Christmas that year and she was unproven. She's kind of, it's funny. She's a foul mouthed alcoholic. (laughs) That is, (laughs) that is a very specific knowledge. All right. Okay. So we're saying Superman is the greatest of all time. Maybe you're saying that. What are you saying? Dark Knight. All right. I'm going to disagree with you. And I think that the factor that pushes it over the edge is the mythology. Heath Ledger drove himself insane and died. Yeah. And I think that that just adds to the the myth of it. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, greatness has to hew closer to goodness than influence necessarily. Mm. Um, it is a prerequisite that it is really, really good. It must also be influential and have a mythology of its own. Okay. I, I think I'm just flipped on that. Like it, yeah. it's more influential, but it has to be good. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Okay. Viewers listeners tell us based what is- on what we've defined like what would you define as your best of all time your most influential of all time and your greatest of all time mm-hmm. email it to us absolutely just us losers pod at gmail.com yeah 
if you disagree with our criteria for greatness in the first place. I want a five paragraph essay. Maybe we'll do a uh, if if people email us their their thoughts on this, mm-hmm. we will read them and we will talk about them. We might do a minisode on it. Yeah, we'll talk about it and sure we'll thing. we'll uh, decide and then we'll probably do a do some more interaction stuff on the stories on our Instagram stories yeah. of like voting on who you agree with and stuff like that. And we'll we'll make it a thing. Yep. Still waiting on yeah. people to pitch in on their uh, Queen's Gambit um defending jacob ending well people gotta watch like 15 total episodes of tv to get to all that right? yeah it's been two weeks three weeks since we talked about that they come on people have busy lives i don't care you know what i've watched since then like three episodes of the good place <laughs> <laughs> i gotta finish that show anyway anyway shallst we we shallst oh wait we should thesisize oh we should probably thesisize Best of all time is defined by objectively satisfying the criteria for a piece of or force for a a thing mm-hmm. to have done its thing the the bestest. I'm going to ignore the rest of those words because you said objectively I've won. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like <laughs> it, it, as close to the objective criteria as can be set yep. is the best of all time. Yep. The most influential of all time may not necessarily be very good, but you can see over time the effects that it's had on the industry. Mm -hmm. The greatest of all time is where we differ a little bit, but it's a combination of the two Mm -hmm. of being both influential on the future of its realm, but also has proven to be just genuinely good. Okay. Rob Liefeld, enemy of the show is horrible but is the most influential of all time (laughs) man it doesn't have the same ring as saying he's the greatest of all time i'm glad we can say he's not the greatest of all time though (laughs) i love how we're just breezing past like stan lee and oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotta talk about him enemy of the show i want him to at us please rob liefeld i correct him every once in a while on twitter good i don't know what i've said lately but anyway shall we we shoutst. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this discussion about goats and occasionally sheep. That's you, Rob Liefeld, looking at you. Uh, you can find this podcast and others like it, although you shouldn't listen to the ones that are like it. You should listen only to our podcast, Just Us Losers, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are purveyed. Don't know why I wanted to say the word purveyed yeah, there, but it's a, it's a good one. You know, I like it. It's a, it's a solid word. Um, we're on social media. Instagram's kind of our big place. That's at Just Us Losers Pod. Um, if you want to catch Preston's adding Rob Liefeld, uh, does that happen on our Twitter? Yeah, you'll see it. Okay. Uh, it's on our Twitter, at, also at Just Us Losers Pod, where we tweet at enemy of the show Rob Liefeld. I don't know why this episode became so much about him, but it sure did. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, we're, we're on Facebook, where Preston's maybe going to write an Assassin's Creed Valhalla review. Maybe. Maybe. Got a lot of stuff I need. Jesus. I leaned too far doing my little quizzical <laughs> face. <laughs> uh, we're on Just Us Losers Pod. At, wait, we're on. We have a Gmail where you can send us uh, your five paragraph essay about the definition of greatness and which superhero movie best fits the criteria that you lay out. Uh, that's Just Us Losers Pod at Gmail uh next week will be our big news catch up we're gonna do this we're gonna make this a quarterly thing 
quarterly reports every three months. We're just going to go through the industry. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about TV shows. We're going to see what's coming up. We're going to see who's gotten fired. We see, we're going to see who's gotten hired. Maybe we're going to make some predictions. I have some ideas for like some fun guessing games we can do about like how good movies are. Um, it'll be cool. It'll be a good time. Are we in there? We have a YouTube. Um, we post, if you're not, you're, you're not watching the video version. If you're listening to this, um, if you, if you have a friend and they're like, maybe like kind of interested in something we're talking about on the topic, or maybe they want to give us a little try. It's kind of a nice little 15 minute bite size sample. We take the, the, the best and brightest of the conversation, um, which is usually about eight seconds and then fill it up with 14 minutes and 52 seconds of fluff. Um, now we take some, we take the good stuff from the discussion. We kind of condense it down into a nice fine video form. You can look at our lovely smiling faces. Uh, that's on our YouTube channel. What's our YouTube channel called? Is it just us losers? Yeah. Okay. Just us losers at youtube.com dot com. Email <laughs> tube something. Uh, that's probably everything, right? Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 That's a 69 chord.